is the Big Church Podcast. Woo! How many feel good in here today? Man, I'm telling you what, I, I feel God just moving all over this place this morning. So uh, we just want to welcome him and whatever he wants to do in the next 30, 45 minutes. It doesn't matter. It's all up to what he wants. But uh, as we finish up this series on the 10 suggestions or the 10 commandments, uh, we can recap a little bit that a couple of weeks ago we talked about truth. And the world that we live in is kind of a convoluted truth right now. We don't know what to believe and what not to believe. But uh, last week we talked about the top 10 and we started talking about the, the 10 commandments and we got to number four. But the first five, remember I went over my top list of things you should do. Well, the first five tell you what you should do. But there's also, y'all have a list, y'all make lists. How many people, they raised their hand last week. Y'all make a list. I do sometimes when my wife makes me, um, when she makes me have, uh, make a list. But there's also a, a to-do list and there's also a to-don't list, right? Y'all have a to-don't list? Let me give you a couple that's on this list. Thou shalt not, and I'm working on this one right now. This is a really hard one for me, but thou shalt not answer thy wife too quickly when she talks to me. Come on, you, some of y'all men are going, yeah, I know that one. Thou shalt listen first, then speak second, right? That's the one I have trouble with right there. This one I've broken many, many, many times. But here's the other thou shalt not. Thou shalt not answer calls from an unrecognized phone number. Come on, first service was alive. Y'all know what you get that phone call and you're like, okay, should I answer this and should I not? I didn't realize something until I started answering some of these phone calls. I didn't realize how much warranty I had on my car. <laughs> They're trying to sell me and tell me my warranty's about to run out on my 1967 Volkswagen that's been in the garage for the last 25 years. But, you know, here's another thing too is there's a lot of insurance options no kidding, I'm not lying because I'm going to talk about lying. But while I was here, I picked up my phone and I got a text message for someone trying to sell me health insurance. Y'all, how many of y'all get those out there? Like 10 times a day. And here's the other thing that really, really tells me. Press two to be removed from this call list. I have turned my, I've almost broken this finger trying to press two and it never happens. It always gives me that call back. Right, right, right. Here's another one. Thou shalt not take your phone to the gym. Nobody needs to see any more pictures of your biceps. Nobody needs to know that it's 30 minute video leg day, right? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. I got Chris back here going, yeah, everybody, I think we're too busy trying to take pictures of ourselves and videos, and we don't really get a good workout in. But you know what? Thou shalt work out. Well, you got to balance your things to do with a list of things not to do. The last six of the Ten Commandments state our duty to ourselves and to one another. They help us to understand the second greatest commandment when Jesus said, thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. So let's look at number five. Exodus 22 says it. Hey, it says I got obey authority. Do you know this is National Parents Day? I didn't know that till this morning. It's National Parent Day. Now, any of you all that have a J-O-B out there, young people, you need to take your parents out to eat today and pay for it. Oh, I had y'all until that right there, until the end of it. But you need to take them out, and it's National Parents' Day, so you need to celebrate your parents. But Exodus 20, 12 says this. It says, Honor your father and your mother, 
that your days may be long upon this earth. I can remember my mom said, you better honor your mother and father because your days are going to be short if you don't. And which the Lord has given to you. But honor means this. It means to prize highly. An attitude of respect and reverence. A biblical family is always constructed of a father and a mother, and they are the form of the authority in the house. Honor your father and your mother, and you obey them, and you value them. This is literally the foundation that our society was built on, that our communities are built on, and our nation is built on. The reason I think we see the problem we have, and this is another sermon in itself, why there's a crash in the family, is because these have not been honored enough. I believe right now that we institute what the family is all together, the man, the husband, and the wife, and the children's roles in it, I believe we would see a big change in our world today. But God has authorized three institutions of authority for society. First of all, it's the home. Culture says, honor thy father and thy mother as long as they give you everything that you want. Thou shalt not, here's a go, thou shalt not give your kids anything that they want. Come on, all your parents should be going, amen, brother, amen up there. Thou shalt not give them anything that they want. You maybe were raised in a certain way and you didn't have the means to do that. And what we do is we overcompensate a lot of times in our kids' lives and we want to give them more than we had before. But I think that we've kind of created a very give-me type of atmosphere right now with our kids. Listen, I had to work for what I did. I had to earn my own money. Nobody handed me money as I went out the door. So you want to make it better for them, but I think sometimes you make it worse for them by giving them too much. Honor must begin at home. Kids, let me just tell you all something. There's not too many young, folk, young kids in here, but you older children, listen to this. Come when they call you. When they call you on the phone, you better answer the telephone because you got it in your hand. Oh my gosh, y'all. You know what I'm talking about. You ever try to get hold of one of your kids or something and you know that they're looking constantly at their phone and, but they just won't answer and it goes to voicemail. Kids, you got to go where they send you to. You got to do what they tell you to do and don't do what they tell you not to do. Parents, you are the kid's first teachers. And let me just tell you something. We can't rely on our school systems. We can't rely on our teachers to be the parents to our kids. They are, our educators are doing a great job. I'm telling you out there, but we can't have them to go to school and try to raise our kids for us. We have to start at home. Kids learn to honor their parents by, listen to this, by seeing their parents honor God and his commandments. They start watching you at a young age. They watch you all the way. So everything that you're doing, you're training that child. The Bible says, train up your children in the ways that they'll go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. That could go two ways. You could train them good and they'll come back. You could train them bad and they're going to depart and go every which way. Today, God is calling for the family to get back. Honor is about respect and not perfection. There are no perfect parents out there. Anybody, any perfect parents out there? Come on, get your hands out. Are you, oh, I got about three perfect parents out here. Well, good. I'm going to pray for you all for lying here just in a few minutes. Here we go. But I can remember I had the best relationship with my mom the last 10 years of her life. She passed away about three or four years ago. And it's just, you know, it's because I remember having a tearful conversation with her and she telling me, you know, Rich, I did the best that I could. 
And after I found out some more things that had happened to her at a young age, I found out that she really did do the best. Was it the best? No, but she did the best that she could. And I know in my own life, I've, you know, I've made mistakes raising my own children. We've all made mistakes and we're not perfect. But you know what? Sometimes people hold so much anger in for what their parents did to them or what their parents didn't do for them. I'm not diminishing things that have happened to you in a, in a childhood. I'm not diminishing the, the pain and the, and the things that you feel inside of you because of what somebody did to you when you were young. But there has to be a time when you've got to learn how to let that go. Be, before you can go forward and before you can be who God has called you to be, there has to be a time when you have to say, okay, I forgive you. I forgave my mom for the things that she did to me when I was growing up. But you know what? Also for what they didn't do for you too. You can't hold a grudge because your parents didn't have the money to send you to the places you needed to be. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody else is getting that way. You can't hold a grudge. The church is the next authority. You got to honor your spiritual authority. The Bible says this, children, obey your parents and your leaders in the Lord. You have to submit. Oh, there's a word we don't like. Submit to their counsels and their corrections. Do you know why this is a big deal, you sitting here? You know why? Because we are we are responsible for you. You know the heaviness that we carry a lot of times is because we're responsible for the sheep that we, lay, that we lead. And so, so many times we give good counsel or we give the counsel we believe and so many people take it and some don't. But I'm going to let you know that the pressure is on us to be able to, and you, the, the responsibility is on you to follow what the spiritual authority says. You got to submit. You got to submit to the government. Oh my goodness, I'm about to get political. No, I'm not. Here we go. I am not saying that it's perfect or that our officials are perfect, but Exodus 22:28 says this, you shall not revile God nor curse a ruler of your people. Watch what you put on social media. I'm not saying that we can't have a voice. We should have a voice. I'm not saying that we should just bow to culture and go, but Watch the words that you use when you talk about people in authority. You don't have to agree with everything, but watch the words. Listen to 1 Peter 2.13. It says, Make the master proud of you by being a good citizen. Respect the authorities, whatever their level. They are God's emissaries for keeping order. Do you think this all caught God by surprise, what's going on right now? No, it did not. He knew what was happening. He knew what happened because that's what was happening back uh, thousands of years ago too. He says, it, by doing God's will and doing good, you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're in danger to society. Exercise, listen, exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the rules. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God and respect the government. This is the Bible talking. This is not me talking. Respecting authority means that we should respect those that are over us, not only in church, but in our government. The parents, the teachers, our officials, and let me just tell you something, our police officers who are doing a really good job right now in all of the chaos that's going on around. You cannot lump a couple of bad people in everything else out there. I know there's some people that don't agree with me. There are some people out there that are serving and protecting everything that you hold dear out there. You need to tell them, thank you so much for your service. Just because you got a couple of bad apples out there doesn't make everybody bad. I'm off my soapbox. Here we go. 
How can we obey the fifth commandment? You got to understand this commandment is larger than just parenting. You may not have kids. Maybe you've had family issues. Maybe there's been no parents or the absence of the parents. But here's a good place to start. Honor your heavenly father. When you start to learn that principle right there and you start honoring God in everything that you say, everything that you do, everything that you write, you'll find out that honor comes naturally when you do that. You love and serve and you honor your church family. There's people around you right now that need you. There's people around there that you need them too. So we need to honor those sitting around us. Number six, Exodus 20, 13 says, you shall not murder or kill. If you turn on the televisions, we got a mess out there right now in, in Chicago. We got a mess out there in New York right now. Detroit and Portland and Seattle. The murder rates, they say, in some of these cities are like 300% more than they were over this time last year. Murder is an intentional act that says a person's life has no value compared to another. The Bible says this, do not kill. But in the Hebrew, there's some distinctions. There's some things between Killing and murder. Accidental death of something that happens is not murder, is not killing. There are things that happen sometimes out there. Self-defense, if you're trying to help. Jesus said, turn your other cheek, but if somebody coming at you, you better get them. He said, turn the other cheek, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I need to read a little bit deeper into that one. But it does say it made exemptions for self-defense. And listen, this is something else I've talked to several men who have faced war where it's just haunted them, the things that they've seen, the things that they've had to experience out there. What you do in war is not called murder. It's called defending your country. I'm going to let somebody off the hook in this room today. There were some people in first service too. That what you're feeling and what you're carrying out there right now, uh, and, and you know it's between you and God, but what you did defending your country is not murder. The commandment shows us that God esteems highly every single life, including the unborn life. I'm going to talk about this just for a moment. 62 million babies have been aborted since 1973. And let me just tell you something. You don't have to live with that always. There are people that are still living with, with a bad choice. And I got news for you today that God forgives all of your sins. If you're listening to me out there right now and you have faced that in your life and you're still carrying that, I got to let you know he forgives you of all your past. He forgives you of all your bad decisions. He forgives you of all your bad choices. Thank you, God, that we have mercy and grace to go on. Here we go. We're, this, is, this is one that's going to get us. Valuing life is not just about taking a life, but it's how we treat the other lives around us. Ooh. First service said ooh when I said that. Matthew 5.21. This is Jesus talking. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say that if you're even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot... Ugh. I can't tell you how many times I've said, you idiot. What the? Man, I, I had to read this one like three times. So just, just to, I was so convicted and scared at the same time. Here we go. But if you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. This is the word of God speaking. But I'm going to let you know this. You could be a killer and not even know it. Wow. Anger is a killer. 
Violent emotions are a killer. Bad intentions are a killer. Terrible thoughts are a killer. Emotionally and mentally, you can kill someone's self-esteem. You can kill someone's dreams. You can literally break someone's heart and their spirit by the things you say and the things that you do. Be careful not to be angry and kill someone with your, with your words. This commandment forbids malice, hatred, provoking, and insulting language. Number seven, Exodus 2014. You shall not commit adultery. It's a statement about our sexuality. The expression of our sexuality must and only can happen inside the confines of marriage. Whew, that's a kind of an outdated thing, Pastor Rich. Sex and marriage are two of God's greatest gifts. No relationship can be more intimate, more life-giving, more joyful as the marital relationship. And I know some of y'all were saying, are you talking about being married? My wife and I have a perfect marriage. We never fight. It's always joyful. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Oh, I'm going on. I'm going to get myself in bad trouble. No experience can be as intimate and powerful within the marriage relationship as sex. If you're a married person, can I get an amen? amen. But because sex and marriage... You single people better not be amen. That's it. <laughs> but because sex and marriage are gifts from God... The devil is going to go after sex and marriage. What should we expect? We should expect confusion. Sex is bad. There's some cultures, there's some religious people that, that teaches their kids all the way from a child that sex is a dirty, bad thing. If sex is done in the confine, yes, I'm talking about sex on Sunday morning. Sorry about that, y'all, if you're overly religious. But sex in the confines of being married is a gift from God. They are likely, but the enemy is likely to pervert this. And twisted. It's been perverted and twisted by the world. Culture says, thou shalt not commit adultery and get caught. Actually, it's best just to sleep around and live with someone and never get married. You know what? Everybody's doing it. That is not what the word of God says. But impurity says this. What impurity is, is whatever tends to pollute your imagination, raise your passions, Impure conversations falls under this law. Breaking this rule can not only break you, but it can also break your family. There's so many things where adultery has come into the day where it's broke apart families and caused divorces. But how can we act? You know, the Bible says, what can we do? The Bible says, actively pursue purity. Can I just tell you, it doesn't come natural in this world. You know, you know I, Everybody doesn't just say, oh, I'm pure. I'm pure. It says you have to actively pursue purity. You have to renew your mind. You have to stop thinking the way that you've always thought. You've got to move from one place to the other. You have to pursue it. And how do you do that? It's beginning in a true relationship with Jesus Christ. The relationship between Christ and the church is represented the relationship between a husband and a wife. This is shown by the idea that coming together both become one flesh in the same. Christ and the church are together. Husbands and wives are together. Exodus, is, Exodus 20, 15. You shall not steal. This eighth commandment shows our love as it respects to property of other people. What rightfully belongs to someone else is not yours to take. Culture says thou shalt only steal if you need it. Bible says, do not steal. 
$13 billion a year is shoplifted every year. $13 billion. 86% of people say they have never stolen anything. But maybe they didn't think about these few, and let's listen to them. Defrauding people by scheming people. That could be theft. Contradicting, sorry, contracting debts without the prospect of ever paying them back. Uh, true story. I had someone that was getting ready to file, is it chapter 7 or 11 where you just file everything out? I'm not sure. But they were going to get everything disconnected. And their lawyer told them to go out and finish running up their credit cards, go out and do several things. I was like, are you serious? That Really? But I think a lot of times if you get into that point right there where you're just putting a debt that you know you have no intention of paying, that is wrong. Evading payments also for just debts. There's people that you, if, you, if you bought it, pay for it. Gosh, I'm being, it's a little hard in here. If you bought it, pay for it. Don't try to get out from it or don't try to, try to push it off onto someone else. And also if we live on charity when it's not needed. There are things out there right now that people need. There are programs that people need. There's also people living on things that they don't need to be living on. But I tell you this, there are forgiveness for this also because the Bible says, steal no longer. It says to repent and to pay restitution and do something useful and share what you have. The world has allotted us, and we've obtained things in an honest way. They're a gift from God. We ought to be thankful for him, for everything that he has given us, and be content with that. Number nine, Exodus 20 says this, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That means don't lie. This commandment speaks to our name and how we speak of others. And this commandment is broken every single day. By It doesn't matter who you are in the world. You've probably broken this one at least once or twice or a hundred times. Culture says this. Thou shalt not lie for any reason other than to get thyself out of trouble. Make yourself look better or get ahead at work. Actually, it's fine to lie as long as you come up with some way to justify it. Still, you have my permission to get morally outraged when someone lies about you. It's okay to lie on someone else. But when they start talking about you, man, you all of a sudden chest goes up. What are you talking about? You've been doing it all along. What's the difference? Y'all ever heard of clickbait? First service, my wife went, clickbait? I don't know what that is. How many has, how many has clicked on it before? Come on. Y'all know what it is? Clickbait is that thing that's on social media, and it used terms like this. You won't believe it. What happens next is going to shock you. And then what happens is you click on it, and then you're 45 minutes of reading something that makes absolutely no sense. Who cares about it? But you, they click on that. What they do is they get you to look at it, to lie to us, to tempt us to click on it. White lies start out white, and they get much darker. You ever know people have to tell more lies on top of lies to get in lies because they've told this lie and all of a sudden there's so many stacks up they can't hang around the same people because they probably told them a different story. How many of y'all have said, that baby is so cute? <laughs> and it might have been the ugliest baby you've ever seen in your life. Let's learn not to lie. Let's say, isn't he precious? Isn't he a gift from God? 
Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's that baby you're like, oh my gosh, alien. Here we go. I'm just trying, we lie and we say, we're just trying to save someone's feelings. We gossip and we backbite. That equals lying, because when you get into it, you're, you're defaming people. Lying to hurt someone's reputation and lying to elevate yourself. You ever lied and you ever heard people tell so many lies trying to make themselves look better and feel better and they elevate themselves with it? I've got an acronym for think. Think before you speak. T, is it truthful? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? That one would preach for an hour. Is it necessary? And K, is it kind? Truthfulness will always set you apart. So I'm asking you today to be authentic and to be you. Number 10, Exodus 20, 17. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servants, nor his female servants, nor his ox or his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor. This commandment forbids all wrong desires of having what will gratify ourselves. I thought this one was very cute. This is, the, that, this is what culture says. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's super sweet 72-inch high-resolution smart TV with the entertainment center and surround sound that will knock your socks off. When you hook a PlayStation up to that puppy, you can just go all night. Wait, what in the world? Where was I at when I did that? We start thinking about what someone else has, and we want it, and it consumes us. Covet means greatly desiring something that is not yours. David, King David, walked out onto the, uh, the, the balcony of his home, and he looked across the thing, and he saw a beautiful woman. And he wanted her, and he coveted her. But what happens when you covet something, it turns into lust. And then lust turned into lying and covering up, and eventually it turned into murder. All of these things start happening all simultaneously. Adam and Eve, when the enemy came to them, he said, oh, you know, you want to eat this fruit because if you eat this fruit, what? It's going to make you like God. All of a sudden, they wanted to be like God. They coveted his position. God places boundaries in regards to the pursuit of wealth and position and status. Why? Because we all have a selfish nature. Greed oftentimes is the underlying factor that governors, governs our economic system. If you look around, the rich are always trying to get richer. Why would God include covenanting in the same list as murder, the same list as stealing, the same list as adultery? Because God knew that covenanting was a stepping stone to ungratefulness and discontentment. We live in a very ungrateful world right now who's discontented with everything that they have when they can't look around and see the goodness of God in their life. Focusing on what others have diminishes our ability to appreciate the good things God has given to us. I'm asking you to do this. Be content with who you are and be content with what God has given you. I'm going to ask you all if you would to stand with me, please. Over the last few weeks, we've went over the ordinance and the laws of God called the Ten Commandments. And let me just tell you, you've been, I've been guilty 
of breaking all these laws. But the, the heart of the problem is this. It's a problem of the heart. It's a problem of our heart. But let me just tell you what God can do. God can change the human heart. The Bible says Jesus stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. And he wants to just come in and have a relationship. He said, I want to sit down with you and dine with you. He can change us and he can help us through all that we are going through, through a friendship and a relationship with him. So many things with these laws, God knew that the Israelites could not possibly attain them. That's why they tried for so many thousands of years until Jesus. When he came and he hung on the cross, he changed everything. He became our sin. He became our shame. He became our guilt. He became that sacrifice that we knew. And now what that did, that showed us how we can actually love him by keeping his commandments. We are not all automatically children of God. We need to be adopted into his family. The Bible talks about adoption. So this morning, I want to ask you, maybe you've never accepted that relationship with Jesus. When I ask you that question, maybe you've never asked him to come into your heart and, and to forgive you of your sins and, and make you a new creation. I'm going to ask everyone if they would bow their heads and no one looking around, just for the comfort. Is there anyone out there that would say, Pastor Rich, I want to give my heart to Jesus this morning. I've not ever really done that. I don't really understand it, but I want you to work with me and help me. I see that hand. I'm going to lead us through a prayer real quick. And there's going to be people up on the left and the right up here to pray with you if you need prayer as this service gets ready to end. I'll say, Father, dear Father, repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. Help me to be the man you've called me to be or woman. Sorry about that one. And help, help me just follow you the days of my life. In Jesus' name. We need to be adopted into his family. We must believe in him. We need to receive him. We have to accept his free gift that he gave to us. And there could be someone else out there that maybe you've been following Jesus. Maybe you broke a few of these rules and maybe you're feeling a little guilty over it. Here's the good thing about the Father. He's always standing with his arms wide open. He's always there to forgive. He's always there to give you that do-over that you need. So as we get ready to sing this song, if you need prayer for that, if you just need prayer for salvation, these altars will be open. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church.